0: Welcome to Mandatory Monday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Let's catch up on a few news items. House Judiciary Committee votes to hold Barr in contempt. Attorney General William Barr issued a summary of the report produced by the Mueller Commission with some parts redacted. He did so to protect innocent parties mentioned in the report, some of them people in sensitive intelligence positions. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, Democrat from New York, subpoenaed Barr to hand over the unredacted report and appear before the committee to testify about it. Barr said no. This is an executive branch operation handled within the Department of Justice. Mueller was appointed by the DOJ. The process has been supervised by the DOJ, and the DOJ decides how to handle the result. Remember that the head of the executive branch, the president, did not have to allow the appointment in the first place and could have shut it down at any time. Democrats are mad that the report did not produce charges. Well, it's problematic to say charges because collusion, even if there had been collusion, is not a crime. Democrats are mad that the Mueller report did not give them something, to support the narrative that Donald Trump is a treasonous Putin puppet who betrayed America and helped Russia steal an election from Hillary Clinton. So plan B has become obstruction of justice. No collusion found? That's because the president interfered with the pursuit of truth, which is obstruction of justice. Mueller hinted at it by not ruling out obstruction of justice in the report, Are redacted the parts of the report that indicate obstruction. That meanie Trump called the investigation a witch hunt every step of the way. He's going to pay for that. Give us the full report and we will expose Trump for the monster that he is. And the supplementary rant is that tyrant Trump is creating a constitutional crisis as his administration continues to stonewall the righteous pursuers of truth. Does anyone doubt that if there was anything really damaging to President Trump in the Mueller report, we would have known about it long ago? There are no secrets in Washington, D.C., especially when the information is damaging to Republicans. The only good thing about the deep state swamp is that on matters such as this, the fanatic pressure to destroy the opposition acts like a political power scrub. I sleep soundly as a conservative Republican, secure in the knowledge that our adversaries have scoured the report and found nothing. House Democrats want to keep hope alive by finding Barr in contempt of Congress for defying subpoenas. Congress does not have unconditional subpoena power. There is no grant of subpoena power in the Constitution though courts have ruled that subpoena power is implied in the constitutional authority of each House of Congress to establish rules and procedures for doing business. So all this fussing about subpoenas and constitutional crisis and so forth, I see it as much ado about nothing. In fact, let me go to the next news item to explain why I don't think any of this matters. Headline, more women donated to Trump campaign in first quarter than to any 2020 Democrat. Federal Election Commission reports show that more women donated to President Donald Trump's campaign in the first quarter of the year than to any of the 2020 Democrats. 10,375 women donated to Trump. The Democratic presidential candidate closest to Trump was Kamala Harris at 3,850. You got that? 10,375 for Trump, 3850 for Kamala Harris, and she was the closest to Trump. Trump, the repulsive misogynist, with nearly three times as many female donors as Kamala Harris. I think the normals that Kurt Schlichter writes about are fixing to blast the political ruling class again in 2020 with another 300 plus electoral votes for Trump. Related item. In April, the economy created 263,000 jobs. 200,000 is healthy growth. The monthly average over the last year has been 213,000. Last month, April, 263,000 jobs created. The Heritage Foundation couldn't resist noting that on election night 2016, Paul Krugman predicted a global recession with no end in sight. Krugman is a darling of the left. He won a Nobel Prize in economics in 2008. Krugman is so wrong on so many things, it's hard to keep track. He's helpful to have around as a reality check. Krugman sees in his crystal ball the same thing I am saying? Yikes, I'd better re-examine my argument. Or Krugman sees the opposite? That means I'm good to go. Heritage observed that Krugman was not the only lefty predicting economic disaster because of the election of Donald Trump. Meanwhile, unemployment is at a 50 year low and it cuts across all demographic categories. Maybe that accounts in part for the previous news item about so many women donating to Trump 2020. The 3.1% unemployment rate for women has not been this low since 1953. Wages continue growing. Now, Here in the agricultural heartland, nerves are wearing thin regarding trade relations with China. The president continues to insist that China needs us as much or more than we need China economically, and that American agriculture will emerge onto a new higher plane of prosperity if it will stick with Trump through this rough patch. If the president succeeds on that one, he will be impregnable on the economic front in the 2020 campaign. On the cultural front, Disney cuts faith from movie about Tolkien, movie bombs at box office. J.R.R. Tolkien was a great friend of C.S. Lewis, the giant of 20th century Christian political philosophy from whom I draw often. Disney produced a biopic about Tolkien, but apparently deleted it references to Lewis and the role their friendship had as an influence on Tolkien's writing. Tolkien was very clear that Jesus and his Christian faith were inspirations for the Lord of the Rings series. Apparently you wouldn't know it from the movie because those aspects also were bleached from the portrait of Tolkien. So pardon me for a sense of satisfaction at seeing the movie open at 1,495 locations and bring in Barely $2 million. I hope it at least makes back the $20 million it cost to make the movie. Actually, I hope it doesn't. I know I still have improvements to make as a Christian as we forgive those who trespass against us. I'm trying. I'm trying. I mentioned that I often draw from C.S. Lewis. Remember my humble effort to channel Lewis and do a screw tape letter on abortion in cases of rape? Jennifer Christie was impregnated by a rapist. According to the website LifeNews.com, she had been living in an unrecognizable world of darkness and pain. But when she saw the baby's heartbeat on the ultrasound, for the first time since I had been raped, I felt that life inside me again. That little flicker on the screen was, to me, hope and joy and light. Her husband, Jeff, was immediately supportive of her need to give birth to the baby, telling her, This is a gift. This baby is something beautiful out of something so terrible and so painful. The Christie's testimony challenged the assumptions usually made about women who conceive babies through rape. Jennifer said, People will tell you that a raped woman who conceives will feel rage and anger and disgust towards her baby, and I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of women, and that is just not true. When Jeff is asked how he can bring up a rapist's baby as his own, he says, my answer is, I don't know what it's like to raise a rapist's child, because I'm raising our child, and he's been our child from the beginning. One of the main reasons people advise abortion is for women in this awful situation, is that the baby will be a reminder of the attack and of the rapist. However, Jennifer says that no woman who has been raped is going to forget it, whether she has the baby or not. When people ask me if he is a reminder, I tell them honestly, he is a reminder that good can come from evil every time. He is a reminder that love is always stronger than hate. He is a reminder that love wins. He is a reminder that who we become as human beings is not determined by how we start. She said that when her son is older, they will tell him that he brought healing to the family. We're going to tell him that there were all these people screaming at us, that you should not be here, that you are a child from rape, that you do not deserve to be here. And those voices were loud, but we loved you louder. Speaking at a press conference, Jennifer said that she was not there to judge women, but to tell those who suffer in the same way she did, that the path to healing and wholeness is not found through more violence and trauma. Speaking of abortion-related violence and trauma, liberal college student arrested for punching pro-lifer. The assailant was described as an aspiring journalist. Well, this will go right to the top of the resume. Paying a fine, doing a little time behind bars, that'll be a badge of honor uh, when he goes to apply for jobs in the journalism business, I'm sure. Speaking of fines and jail time, Pennsylvania Democrat could face charges for harassing pro-lifers. Have you heard about Brian Sims, a state legislator in Pennsylvania who harassed Peaceful pro-life protesters at a Planned Parenthood clinic? Of course, that's Gosnell country there in Philadelphia. In fact, the Planned Parenthood clinic Sims was defending has failed numerous health code inspections. Speaking of Kermit Gosnell. Uh, This macho man, Sims, verbally and physically threatened senior citizens, high school students, anyone daring to challenge the slaughter of the innocents, the American Holocaust, He talked about doxing them and paying people to harass them. A real beauty, as the president might say. Philadelphia law enforcement is investigating whether the state legislator violated the law in his aggressively menacing words and actions. Meanwhile, it's a different deal for the Democratic state legislator in Alabama. Sims, by the way, if I didn't mention was a Democrat. Then we've got the Democratic state legislator in Alabama, You remember this guy, John Rogers, he said, well, we may as well kill him now in abortion rather than have him born and unwanted and then kill him via capital punishment later in life. He's going to parlay that into an upgrade. Given his newly found notoriety, Alabama State Representative John Rogers is going to run for the State Senate and try to become State Senator John Rogers. Oh, my goodness. All right. uh, Let's... Let's finish with a touch of Good News Wednesday on this mandatory Monday. Good news, friends. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez now says the world will not end in 12 years in a climate catastrophe. Here is her tweet. This is a technique of the GOP to take dry humor and sarcasm literally and fact check it. Like the world ending in 12 years thing you'd have to have the social intelligence of a sea sponge to think it's literal. But the GOP is basically Dwight from The Office, so who knows? Oh, that clever devil AOC. Dwight is the uptight, nerdy dweeb of that show, The Office, often overreacting and charging off in the wrong direction. So you see what the problem is? AOC is too smart for the rest of us. She's operating on a higher plane, at a higher level. Republicans just don't have the brain power to keep up with her. I admit it, she got me. She duped me. I was too stupid to pick up on the humor. The world is gonna end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue mm-hmm. is... Mm-hmm. Your your biggest issue is how are we gonna pay for it? Mm-hmm. And. Like, this is the war. This is our World War II. World War II? That's dry humor? Sarcasm? Cleverness? She compared the alleged climate threat of the 21st century to arguably the biggest challenge to humanity of the 20th century? Millions wiped out the Holocaust? This was a straight-ahead interview on stage before a live audience. I didn't hear people in the audience laughing. I didn't hear AOC laughing. The interviewer was not laughing. The whole thing was deadly. That's not hyperbole. Deadly serious. We're all going to die in 12 years unless we implement the Green New Deal. She said it more than once in more than one forum. Ah, well, thank you, AOC, for releasing me from the prison of fear and ignorance in which I was trapped by misinterpreting your pronouncement. From now on, I will try to be worthy of AOC's sorry, intellect, dry wit. That's Mandatory Monday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Thank you for listening.